Hello, and welcome to the Neil and Amy podcast. This is episode number seven, and we're talking about wayfinding. And this is because we're launching a book here very soon, and this this book is called Wayfinder. You can pick that up at neilandamy.com. Right now, as a pre-order special, we have a 20% off uh, offering for you, as well as an audiobook download. And tentatively, we are going to be available November 1st. It just depends on when the printing actually is able to get accomplished with that. So uh, today, I'm actually not joined by my best friend, Amy uh, Lyons Preston, because uh, unfortunately, Amy is actually going to be having a uh, female hysterectomy surgery here in the next couple of days. So um, it will be uh, the Neil and Amy podcast, but specifically, it'll be Neil and Eric doing the dialogue here. We got Eric Nichols with us as usual. Hello, everyone. All right. So Eric has got some questions to shoot my direction. But um, before we go too deeply into uh, Q&A uh, time, this this book is is really context around a couple of stories. And, um, and the story is about a few lost boys who found their way. And in life, it's really easy for you and I to lose our way. And last night, I don't know, uh, I don't know all the age demographics of those that are currently listening to this podcast, but if you are over 30, Five, let's say. Eric, how how over 35 are you? I'm 38. Ooh, plus three. All right. Do you remember a movie called Willow? Yes, absolutely. What? You do? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. What do you remember about it? Well, wasn't it like a Jim Henson thing? Or, I don't, or I don't know Jim Henson is. It was puppets though, right? Um, ish. Uh, they're very short people. It was so. It was a George Lucas film. Oh, okay. And it was also directed by Ron Howard, and it was put out in 1987. And I just remember being like a young kid and watching this this movie. I hadn't even thought about it or seen it, and then all of a sudden it popped up on like the iTunes, like you should purchase this thing. And it was like this little dwarf guy, like a, a midget guy, yeah, who like found this human baby, right? It was really hilarious. So last night we get it, we watch it. Um, Amy and Quincy are my our daughter Quincy are just laughing at me the entire time, like, what is this? But in this movie, there's these little tiny, like fairy like creatures, and they carried these little spears, and they were called the brownies. And uh, they were hilarious little dudes, right? Little men. They weren't like flying fairies. They were like, they ran. They were fighters, little warriors. Yeah. And, uh, and they, would, they were constantly fighting about who knew the right way, like who, who was trying to go the right direction. And they would argue and they'd be like, no, I'm the boss. I'm the commander. And then they would say, uh, they would say, well, we're going to go. And then they would both point in different directions. That way. <laughs> sometimes life feels like that. I think, I think it felt like what's the right direction, uh, which way am, am I supposed to go? Which way is, uh, my, my family supposed to go? And it's super easy to lose our way. Um, there, there, um, many times in my life where I felt lost, um, I felt directionless. The, the context of the Wayfinder book is really trying to help each of us, you know, down the path of finding our way through struggles like death, divorce, depression. Um, those are the three D's. You got the three C's, crisis, college, and criticism. 
those three C's are actually pretty challenging as well. Um, college times are times where people are like struggling to find their way. Uh, crisis when when a you know a situation happens, an accident takes place, a financial crisis takes place. It's like how how do I move forward and find my way under criticism? You know when people are looking at the decisions you're making as a leader, as a boss, as a parent, and they're criticizing it, it can cause you to doubt what you're doing and lose your way. So there's just, there's lots of circumstances that we run into uh, where we, where we do lose our way and um, being on the path on the right way is critical. Uh, That's the heart behind the book. And uh, today's podcast, we're going to share a little bit about a tool with you that will help you find your way. And really just want to bring out a conversation to help you think about the areas of your life right now where you're, where you're needing to get back on track ultimately. So um, that's kind of the setup for where we are. And let's go ahead and just kind of jump into some of the, the question and answer stuff. Well, my first question for you, Neil, is um, how does what you're saying relate to being off balance or being in balance? And to follow up on that, what are the consequences of being out of balance? Yeah. Yeah. So life is, um, you know, what Amy and I have, have seen, and I want to kind of share a story around this idea of balance, um, back almost a a decade ago now, which makes me sound so stinking old. Um, I don't feel old, Eric. Do you feel old? No, I don't at all. (laughs) You don't even look old and I, I look way older than you. Um, you know, the, the struggle that life can bring when you're young and um, you know, you're trying to, like I said, in, in those early moments of college life or just trying to discover where you're going, um, you can get out of balance really, really, really easy. And so balance, I think, is a very critical uh, feature. And if you don't have balance in your life, uh, you, you, end up, you end up stumbling, you end up falling, obviously. Um, so Amy and I, about a decade ago, which means that we were married at a, you know, for about 10 years at this point of the story, we were at a place where, where we weren't communicating very well as a couple. And that's a pretty big deal. Like communication in marriage is critical. Um, we were married young, as you've heard, if you listen back to our, our story back in episode two or three, we were married young. And being married young presents lots of challenges. It presents lots of uh, hardships. You're, in some sense, kind of growing up while you're getting to know somebody else. And frankly, many people that I know that marry young, they're not married still. In fact, um, it's it's like a very high probability that if you get married young, you just don't make it. Um, so when I look back at that time of our life, we were we could not have a conversation as a couple about pretty much anything without having an argument. And, and it was, it was a challenge. Like I'd mentioned, we were, we were the commander types. Like we, we both have strong personalities. We both, you know, are, are certain of, of what we want and think. And that presented some pretty big obstacles. Um, we couldn't have a conversation really about like, finances without getting into an argument um, about like health, honestly. And that might sound silly, but, you know, just being healthy people in general, you know, 
exercise. It just everything was touchy at that time, like like open nerves of some sort in our relationship. And so we were we were wrestling, struggling, arguing. Um, the kids at that point were pretty young. I'm thinking like five to ten years old range between the three of them. And man, that was just it, it didn't feel like a healthy time work. We were like, I was personally working, you know, 40 hours a week at one job and 30 at another. There was just a lot of issues that were going on. And so we got to a point where we weren't having good conversations and our marriage was kind of in shambles. And it was really because, because I believe we were both out of balance. Um, I was personally um, probably prioritizing work way more than I was um, listening to her or even taking care of the family. And that that's not even a fun thing to admit, but that's what it was for me at that time. So um, what we had determined to do, because we didn't, there's no possibility for divorce in, in, our, in our mindset, right? We, uh, we've committed to, you know, death do we part. And don't get me wrong, um, you know, we always have to be on guard for the, for the big D word, but both of us went into the marriage with, you know, hell or high water, we're staying this thing through. And, um, and so we knew we had to come up with a way of communicating. And so that's where the tool, you know, uh, was created that, um, that we'll talk about, which is, um, it's called the, the waypoint or the checkpoint tool. Uh, but anyway, balance was, is a critical feature to being able to stay on track, to, to being able to communicate and, and have a, a positive relationship. Okay. Um, so maybe we could talk about priorities then and maybe priorities priorities as a way to come into balance. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that, but um, what is it to have priorities straight? Yeah. I think it's honestly for people, it's, it's different for all kinds of people. Um, we have our, our opinion on what we think it means to have priorities straight. And, and I do believe that this opinion has worked for many people. Um, but some people just flat out don't want to, you know, put the, you know, their spouse in front of work. They want work to be first and that's their top priority. But if that's the case, then you have to be prepared for the consequence, right? We were, you kind of piggyback that question a little while ago, the consequence of being out of balance or or not having your priorities straight is if you're going to put work first, then other things are going to suffer, including, you know, your marriage or your kids, you know, that, you know, so um, priorities being straight is, is absolutely critical. And this, um, this book really does talk a lot about getting those priorities in order. So um, in the, in the process that we're talking about this tool, which we call a checkpoint, you know, Really, there's there's um, there's some some prioritization that has to happen in this tool. What whatever it is that you put first in your life, that's your top priority. Um, that's just the way it is. And so, so first in your life could mean um, what it is that you're that you're spending the most time on, possibly, or maybe it's even further than time. Maybe it has to do with what it is that's like captured your heart or captured your mind. How how much you know, of yourself is being given to thinking about this thing. You know, the idea of infatuation, you know, if somebody, somebody has an unhealthy infatuation, you know, they're just 
overly thinking about some aspect. Well, man, all attention's being given to that. Whatever has your attention has your devotion, and that's where you're kind of bent toward. So um, it's really, really important to to think back. And I, I want to draw some context here. Um, pain is it really can point you to a path. Pain can, and I don't know about you, but you know, for the for the listener, I want you to think about the the most painful aspects of your life right now. Where do you find the most pain? Would it be emotional things? It's maybe internal things. Is it um, looking in the mirror and not liking who you're seeing? Is it you know uh, physical ailments that are taking place in your life? Is it addictions or um, what? Where's the pain? Is it that you hate your job? You know you're just not happy in what you're doing, or is it a relationship? issue or a financial issue. When you start looking at life, you can classify life in a few different compartments. And that's what what we had to do. We had to go, okay, well, first and foremost, our top priority is making sure that our spirits, right, our, our um, you know, heart, soul, mind, if you would, our, our essence was good individually. So we, we call that the spirit track or the, the God track, you know, for, for, um, lack of a better word, it's this, this is the top priority for us. If I'm not good personally, internally, then I'm not good externally for anyone. So the top priority is, is that spirit track. But then we were looking at, okay, well, the health track, if, if, if I'm out of shape with my, you know, physical health, and I, I don't just mean like being a muscle man or something like that. I'm talking about just health habits, sleep, um, diet, exercise, all of those things are directly connected to my energy, you know, my, my levels. So finances, if finances are a wreck, then man, I'm, I'm brawling it out with my wife, you know, because, um, stress levels are crazy high. So each of these compartments, you know, God, health, money, um, relationships or, or people, and then work or the mission, those are kind of the, the compartments that we had to create and then put into a balance or put into a priority order. And by putting those in an order that seemed to align with what our belief systems were, we were able to be you know happier people. We were able to find a way to talk, you know, uh, more readily to one another and and to move forward with a plan. Um, and an and an ability to actually communicate. So um, that's kind of the the priority order that we had established, and were you know there were some talking points that were created around that checkpoint process. So let me ask you this, Neil: If a person on that spirit track realizes that their top priority, their main focus of attention, is not where it should be, right? Then what can that person do to start shifting that? To somewhere it should be. Yeah. So I, I think of it a lot like a fulcrum, right? This was a teaching that that a guy that I used to love listening to by the name of Wayne Cordero, he used to talk about this. So a fulcrum is like the balance point, right? And let's say there's too much weight being put on one side, right? You then have to shift the fulcrum to keep that in balance. So if, if you've got to... Um, you know, if you're lacking, because this is the question, right? If you're lacking in the spirit track, yeah. How do you shift the focus? Right. Well, it sounds like you know somebody might realize that their main devotion is maybe something other than what it should be. Yeah. After hearing what you just said, because right. it's easy to become just 
really focused on something that maybe isn't in the grand scheme of things that important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I'm thinking for a person in this situation, what are some practical steps they could take to start moving that focus to a more appropriate spot? Yeah. Well, let's just stay in line with the checkpoint process. So a checkpoint is this. It's, It's a time where you just stop. Right, because life is fast. You're con- constantly things coming at you, distractions coming at you. A checkpoint is a, a point in the journey where you're like, no, I'm going to stop and I'm going to look around and I'm going to see where I am in this journey. Am I happy? Am I thriving? Am I in balance? How are my priorities? And so, at these intentional stops, a practical step is every once in a while we suggest a minimum of once a month but there are also daily steps that need to be taken where you just stop and go, man, am I out of balance? And can I, where do I need to shift? How do I practically need to shift? And we arrange that around some basic questions. So here they are Um, in in my spirit track, right? Where I, you know, my internal being, where am I? Am I even paying attention to that at all? Right? Where am I? Uh, Okay. Well, if I'm not really where I want to be, then, well, how, how, how am I going to actually go in that direction? So then where am I going? You, you have to know where you want to go in order to put in the right coordinates to actually get there. And then there's always things that are going to show up and try to stop you, you know, preventative things that want to keep you from being the best, you know, version that, that God's created you to be. So, um, then, so you then ask the question, okay, well, what's going to stop me from getting to where I want to go? And then you ask the fourth and final questions, how will I actually do it? How will I get there? How am I going to make a shift? How am I going to make a change? So the, the four practical questions and each one of these could really, you know, eventually use some serious unpacking, but where am I? Number one, uh, where am I going? Number two, where, where do I want to go? Um, what's going to stop me from going there and how will I get there? Imagine it like this, the, the checkpoint Let's say, you know, right now we're sitting in the lovely town of Kernville, California, filled with smoke all around <laughs> us because wildfires are everywhere. And we want to go to Bakersfield, but we want to specifically go to a certain address in Bakersfield. And so we punch into our, you know, handy little uh, GPS on our phone into the map, and it's going to first identify where you are, right? And then it's going to give you a route to get to where you're going. But occasionally, there's a there's a roadblock that would take place. Let's say it's, you know, maybe a, an accident or road construction. And so what then would happen is it would show you an alternative route to navigate that roadblock to cause you to reach your destination. And that's the how you will get there. And it's super basic. Like this isn't by any means rocket science, right? This is super basic stuff, but it's things that I think the everyday person, myself, and the majority of people that we talk to, we aren't that practical about how to adjust the coordinates of our lives to actually reprioritize to be healthier, happier, you know, more vibrant people. So a checkpoint, just occasionally just stopping and going, wait a second, I wanted to go there, but I'm really not even on that road anymore. I'm on a completely different road. So let's say in the spirit track, as you're saying, you know, my first question would be, are you even giving it any attention at all? Right. 
Um, and if you're not, then the, the steps would be, okay, well, how then are we going to practically start putting some attention um, in the area that you want to actually move? Okay. And uh, what about for the person that says, well, I just get up every day, I go to work, I do my thing, I don't really know what my top priority is. I, I can't really identify that. Is there any tricks to identifying what's what's taking up the majority of your focus or your priority? Yeah, I would say there's there's quite a few of them. The first thing that came to mind, though, is that um, if you don't know where you're going, then it's pretty easy to get there. Right. You know, right. Like, yeah, yeah. It. I mean, living a, a an aimless life, um, you, you can, you'll get that result, you know, and, um, but the problem is, is you're leaving your life up to absolute chance and um, our, our belief. And, and to me, this is like the most important thing is, is I believe that there's a purpose for you. There's a purpose for me and that we have to live that life on purpose. We have to live that life intentionally because no matter, you know, what somebody's philosophies or beliefs are in, in the idea of, of, you know, religion or God or whatever you want to say, um, you've got a world where there's good things and a world where there's bad things, light, darkness, good, evil. They're, they're all, you know, kind of battling one another. And if we just leave everything completely to, oh, you know, just whatever. Well, typically I found that that means we're probably going to digress in our life, meaning not move forward, but probably go into the, to the direction of negativity and, and all of that. So intentionality is critical um, for each of us because we have a purpose and we need to live that life on purpose. We need to know what that purpose is. We should spend a lot of our time investing in the purpose that um, that, you know, we were created for and in doing so, man, joy and all the, the good things can show up in life through that. So is there anything looking back that you can say, I wouldn't have made it without that. This was absolutely crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number one, honestly, like people, there are some key people that were brought into my life that helped me stay the course, helped me stay focused. Um, but more than that, and, and I do believe it's more than that, deep inside my being, deep inside my soul, there was a longing for understanding why I was put on this earth. There was like a deep desire that landed in, in my heart. And it was there from the time I was a teenager, but in my teenage years, I was kind of just doing whatever, you know, just having fun, hanging out with the friends, you know, doing all those kinds of things, playing the sports and, you know, just kind of stuck in that mode. But then once I was graduating and kind of getting into college and now I'm starting to think a little bit more like, whoa, what's this really all about? And, um, and so, yeah, I've, I found myself at a spot where um, that just the inquisitiveness about life and not thinking that I knew everything about it, that kind of put the search deep inside my soul. That search, I think, led me to a discovery of who it was that, 
that I was made to be, which ultimately means that I, I've came to know who, who the spirit was, who God was. And that to me was the unlocking of the answer, right? Because if, if I didn't, if I didn't know why I was put here and I believe that there was a God that did put me here, then I, I probably ought to get to know that God, right? So that I could be, I could be, um, kind of awakened to that reality because otherwise, you know, I'm just trudging down a road, leaning on people, but ultimately it's not people who are going to be my solution. It's going to be the creator that put me here. That's going to, going to help me more than anything. So searching, I would say number one, seeking and searching, and then the discovery through seeking and searching of who, who God was, that, that was the first and foremost answer. And then second to that would be the people that were brought into my life that kind of supported me along the way. Um, do you have any advice for, say, people that hear what you just said and think, well, you know, I don't have supportive people in my life. Like, how do I go out and get supportive people in my life? Yeah. Be careful. <laughs> be very careful. Gosh, with with people, this is going to sound harsh. Don't trust everybody. Don't trust everybody. Um, you've got to test people before you trust people. And that's actually not a bad thing. That's, that's a, when I first, uh, when I first thought those thoughts, you know, my, uh, let's say, you know, Amy, if she were here, she'd be, she'd probably be pushing back pretty hard. Like, you know, <laughs> I was, I wanted to think the best of everybody at all times. And I always wanted to think that everybody had my best interest in mind because in some ways I felt like I had their bit best interest in mind. So, you know, I, I just kind of lived with like rose colored glasses thinking that, um, it was just like kumbaya. Everybody's like, we're all, we're all in this together. You know, it's this one big united family, this, you know, one tribe, you know, Bob Marley esque, like one love. Uh, no, nope. Um, so often I, and this is why this could sound a little dark ish as I'm saying it, but, um, if you put your heart out there, and you trust people too quickly without testing them, they're probably going to trample on it. And um, you've got to be very careful to determine who in your life are, are people of peace, you know, people that actually have um, your back. And, and there's little tests um, in, in order to kind of to do that. Um, so I, I think that many people you know, most people that I'm listening to, there's, they only have a handful, if any people that they really truly trust in their life. And, and everybody else has probably kept way past an arm's length distance. And that's not a, I hate to say it, but now I'm, I'm 40 years old. And for the last 20 years, I've really tried to invest my life in helping people. And even the very people that, that you invest in and help, and then you, at some point, some things can change. And it could be things that we did, could be things that they did, but the relationship shifted. So um, it's, it's critical that you, that you look for people of peace, for people that really want to help you, that, that want to support you, and that you feel the same toward. 
but you you don't want to go all in too fast. You want to kind of test a little bit and um, and then over time you'll discover who safe people are. And those safe people, once you find them, hold on to them. And and you know uh, a mentor of mine calls them covenant relationships and says that there's only a handful that that we ultimately have over the long run. And that's not to sound negative, but I I do believe that to be true. But I also believe again, if you were created by uh, God, uh, then He didn't intend for us to all live this life alone. Uh, you know, He also didn't intend for us to be like you know, turtles and pull our, our heads back into the shell and just kind of live a hidden life. He, he wants us to kind of put it out there and to, and to stretch and to reach. And in order to do that, um, you, you've got to have relationships around you that are positive. Uh, we have that saying uh, up in the walls of one of our buildings that even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? The, yeah, the yeah. sidekick, if you would. And um, very important reality is that um, is that we should each have at least one person or two or three that we really are in that relationship, that covenant accountability type relationship with. And I look back over the last 20 years of my life and, and in the, at very important times there, this relationship would show up and it would be there for a couple of years. And then this one would show up and, and, and man, if without those, I honestly think that it would have been really tough to to make yeah. it. So, got to find those. Do you have an example of a test that a person might do to kind of get a feel for somebody they're not sure about? Yeah. Um, if somebody's, I mean, just just the word help in and of itself. You know, if in a relationship you're always the one who is is giving. And, um, and you're always the one providing help, if you would. And in that moment of need, they just, you know, that friend that just never seems to be there for you. Yeah. You know, it seems like you're always there for them, but they're just not quite ever there for you. Every once in a while, throw out a little test if you feel like the relationship's getting out of balance a little bit and say, hey, you know, sorry, uh, might be a last minute thing for you, but would you mind, you know, helping me with this or that? And, um, because relationships are truly all about meeting one another's needs. Um, and, and that, I mean, every relationship really is, um, about needs and it's about trust. So, um, meeting one another's needs, helping one another can kind of do that. So just the simplest little tests, um, can, can go a long ways and, um, over time can expose kind of the heart behind that relationship. It's interesting how this comes back to the idea of balance again. How so? Like a, a balanced relationship, right? As, like you're saying. Absolutely, very important. Does present day Neil have any advice for Neil of the past? Ooh, depending on what age and stage, I would say, um, yeah. And this this advice would probably play into this very morning. Honestly, tr- trusting trusting that the plan that the universe, that the God of the universe has for me is a good plan, that would be the advice that I would want to give to the Neil of back in the day. Because I was so uncertain of 
of whether or not I was on the right side of the fence back in the day, whether or not um, God was really for me, you know, and that caused me to live in a little bit of fear. I think I, I lived a little bit more like uncertain or even apprehensive. And um, what I what I would say to myself back then is, no, like trust. You're you're loved. Um, you're loved by the one who made you, and it doesn't matter what anyone else may think about you or say about you. You're loved by the one that made you and perfectly loved. And that actually, if, if I could just get that deep within my gut and then not, and then not have to worry so much about, you know, whether or not, you know, I was being accepted by everybody else, but just certainly knowing that I was accepted by the one that it, you know, mattered most, I think I would have lived with a lot more confidence, a lot less fear and apprehension in um, decisions that I was making, knowing that, um, that I wasn't being led, you know, by the spirit into, um, into a trap. I was, I was being led by the spirit into a really good land. And I think I'd have been a better person for my husband or for my, I didn't have a husband for my wife, (laughs) for my kids, for my friends, for those that I've been leading at a young age. It's a lot of questions, Eric. Jeez. Just get me. <laughs> you, you want one more or should we just uh, call it a show? No, throw it, man. So, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to that. And the thing that kind of comes to mind is, you know, um, it's that old cliche like, well, if that's the case, then why is it that bad things happen to good people? You okay. know, if the spirit has a, a good plan for me, how come sometimes good people, things go horribly wrong for them? Right. Yeah, that's a pretty complicated a complicated question, but honestly could be a form of a simple answer. Um, There are times in my life where I actually pray. (laughs) This could sound twisted. I pray that I, I'm going to answer this in two parts. One, sometimes the obstacles that we run into, the bad things that happen to good people, they actually lead you to making different choices. And so I at times pray that if I'm off track or not on the, the path that I'm supposed to be on, that I'd be miserable, right? Because wouldn't you wanna, wouldn't you wanna know that you're not on the right road? So if you're, if you're miserable, then there's gotta be something wrong because I, I really do believe that you know, we were made for more. And so I'll, I'll, ask, you know, I'll ask for misery if I'm not on the right road in order that I can be led to the right road. And I think when you're younger, sometimes you're just more dense and you don't get it. Like, oh, you know, everybody else is doing this to me and the universe hates me and all of this because, you know, all of these bad circumstances are happening in my life. And, and I, I just, woe is me. It's like Eeyore, you know, uh, from Winnie the Pooh. Like, man, it's just going to rain because my name is Neil and, and life is tough. But no, Um, really, I think the second part to this answer is that this current world that we live in is a, is what would be called a fallen world. It's a darkened world. It's a world that is stained by bad choices. 
And thankfully, each one of us, we've been given free will, right? We have been given the ability to choose. And that ability to choose means that, you know, if Eric chooses to be a jerk to Neil today, he could get up and he could, you know, smack me in the head. And, and that's Eric's free will choice that made my day not that great, right? Um, so part of the answer is, you know, I, you don't blame it on the universe. You blame it on the fact that we all have free will and it's a dark world out there. And some people don't choose good. And, and we are bent toward, you know, many in this world are bent toward evil. You know, I'm looking at the news and all the things that are happening in the world today. And it's, it's dark. I, I watched, um, you know, at this time of the recording, there's riots that are going on in the streets of uh, uh, Kentucky because, you know, there was an accidental, you know, firing of a, a bullet that hit so-and-so. And it's like, now it's this big racial mess. That's not, that's, that's not of a, a bright and light world. You know, that's dark. And that's, that's, you know, the byproduct of a fallen world. So that's what gives me hope is that there's actually uh, the future when I'm walking in the right way. Um, when I found the right way, walking in the right way, is that the end result of that right way is actually life. Um, it's what we would call heaven. That's a place where there is no fallenness. You know, it's, it's a place where there's goodness. And it uh, makes me think of a passage in Proverbs that says, uh, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is the way of death or the way of destruction. What that resembles is that, okay, I'm walking down this road and I'm going and I think I'm going the right way. And then it's like maybe one of the old uh, Looney Tunes cartoons or something like that. You've got like, you know, the, the road runner, like zipping down the road. And then all of a sudden, like the, the ground is just gone out from under him. And you can see in the, in the, uh, in the show, he's like looking around while he's suspended in air and then and he hits the ground, right? It's that sad. Like that's a bummer. I, I had a fear that I was on the wrong way as a young man, which led me into a searching for this new way, right? For, cause I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to get to the end of the journey and go, wow, I thought I was going the right way. And it turns out I wasn't going the right way. Oh, it's the world's fault. Well, yeah, it's the world's fault, but um, at the same time, each one of us has a choice to make, and we've been given free will ourselves. So we've got to seek, um, and we've got to find the way, and that's what the the whole journey of this book's all about. So, um, you got, are you loaded with more questions? I I think that's all I have for today. And um, do you want to re- remind the listeners where to get the book? Absolutely. Yeah, so you can pick up a copy, a pre-sell copy of the book for twenty percent off. And that's at neilandamy.com. And uh, we'll also be recording an audio b- version of this. You're going to get that if you order it pre-sell here in the next couple of weeks. You're going to get uh, the audio version of this book as well. And I want to bring it back over to a tool and also an additional product that we had created um, over the last couple of years. It's called the Traction Planner. And at our website, you'll you'll find a link for this planner. And it's uh, if you're watching... If you're watching this over video, this is kind of a sample of it. There's daily pages in here. Um, There are checkpoint pages in here. And these planners are three-month tools. And so we we want to encourage you as the listener to 
take your uh, wayfinding very seriously. And, um, and to pick up a copy of this traction planner, we have, uh, we have a few of them left to kind of wrap out the year. And what we're doing is we're offering a 33% discount on these traction planners. Um, so that puts them down at $20 plus shipping and tax that brings you through October, November, and December. And then it'll kind of move you into January with a fresh start. And we have a lot of tools, a lot of resources that are showing up uh, for you to help you live your life on track, to help you find your way, um, the way that, that the Lord has for you. And uh, what you'll find inside these planners are the, the checkpoint process. And this is a very, very critical process that um, Amy and I encourage everybody to do one time a month where you just sit down and you look at what's happening in your life in the direction of the spirit, health, finances, relationships, and, and mission or work. And you determine, okay, well, where am I going you know, how am I going to get there? What's the pathway that I'm supposed to take? And this tool will help you do it. Um, also at our website, there's a button there that says need help. And if you are needing any kind of support, Amy and I have a team of people that we're um, doing our very best to provide that support for you. And they're, you know, we're investing our lives in helping people find their calling and make life count because life is meant to be enjoyed. So if you're living a miserable life, you don't know exactly where you're going, what your next steps are, um, click on that button and just give us a little bit of information. And over the course of, uh, of the next day or so, somebody will reach out to you and kind of help you uh, start taking some steps. Pick up one of these traction planners and read the, uh, the intro to it. And it's, it's really going to be a good setup for you, um, as you as you pick up your copy of the Wayfinder book. So uh, we are very uh, grateful to have you listening. Uh, just the fact that you know, you've know you stood in with us or maybe you're just getting started with us, but we've got seven episodes out. We feel um, very confident that many more are on the way in the future and all of these resources are simply to help you in your journey. And we're doing our very best to give you the best stuff that we have. So be looking for exclusive content coming over the next couple of months as we go into January. Uh, we've got to wrap up 2020 with, uh, with a vengeance. Um, it's been one heck of a ride over the last few months, and so much is changing in our world, and there's no better time uh, for you and I to find our way. So thank you for listening, and we will check you out on the next episode.